Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello. Hi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and we have a very special guest with us today. We have United States of America's Mrs. Virginia, Hannah Letourneau. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, we're, we're so, so excited. excited. We yes. are, we're excited about everything. I feel like that's our, that's our big word. I'm excited. Uh, I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> But what's what's life if you don't get excited about the little things? I feel like this is bigger than a little thing, though, because Hannah, you it's you are a not just a one time title holder. You have held, I feel like, many titles as you grew up. So actually, now that we're talking about it, could you kind of start us off on where your pageant journey started? Absolutely. So. I've been competing in pageants for around 13 years. So I have a big box of crowns at my mom's house. Uh, sashes from when I competed in teen and Miss. I started in Miss America Outstanding Teen. And how I kind of got started with that is I was a theater kid. And I hit a point in my life where I couldn't get adult roles and I couldn't get kid roles because I was kind of that awkward teenager stage. So my grandmother had competed in Miss America, said they had talent, and that's how I originally got started in pageants, thought it would be a one-and-done type thing, and I was bit by the pageant bug and fell in love with it. So I competed as a teen, a Miss, and now I'm a Mrs. I've actually held uh, three Virginia State titles, and then this is my third USOA title. So I've been USOA Mrs. Texas, Mrs. Virginia 2021, and now I'm back as USOA Mrs. Virginia 2023. That's so exciting. So I distinctly remember watching that first year that you were USO Mrs. Virginia and seeing you compete at nationals that year. What is it about this particular system that keeps you coming back? I just love how modern and forward thinking they are. They are embracing of all different walks of life and phases and when I started competing with USOA, I was um, the youngest contestant. I don't have children with my husband yet. So, and I was newly married as well. So I felt kind of like I had so much to prove and that I wouldn't fit in with married women because I was so young and newly married. And USOA does not make you feel like you have to be at a certain phase of life or you have to have, you know, three children and have the white picket fence next door. They just want someone that's a well-rounded title holder that is going to represent their brand and truly put the best foot forward with the organization and continuously grow it. And so that's initially what made me very interested in it. And then I was able to compete for the very first time and be able to feel comfortable as myself and mm -hmm. have fun. And I've made my best friends through USOA. The sisterhood is like none other. Nationals is just an experience all on its own. And that's what keeps coming, keeping me coming back every single year. I've done other systems and this one just feels like home to me. You and I spent time at nationals together. Not a lot because they split us up for the different regions, mm -hmm. but that Mrs. America experience when we were there, that was a long time. And from that what was, I hear, yeah. <laughs> you, Very long. Like, <laughs> you don't have to go as long. Mm -hmm. How, like what, if you had to compare the two of 
spending that long out in a different city or Mm -hmm. that shorter time, do you feel like you still get the same experience? I think it's like comparing an apple and an orange essentially because they are so different. Like Mrs. America is that old school glitz glamour of pageantry. Like there is truly nothing like Mrs. America because it has that rich history being the oldest married women's pageant. And USOA is so modern and new that they are able to truly get that national experience crammed into, you know, five days, essentially. Um, I prefer kind of a shorter pageant timeframe because I don't feel like there's as much downtime. I'm a very just go, go, go type person. And so at Mrs. America, as, as you know, as well, there was a lot of kind of sitting and waiting occasionally. Some days, you know, we were lucky and had the day off. And I prefer kind of everything crammed into one one little week. That way I don't have more time to think about, well, what's going to happen or what should I do next? It just, it, you can't even think when you get to nationals, it just starts. And before you know it, it's done. So I prefer the shorter pageant, but that's just a personal preference. My year at Mrs. America in 2015, we were only there for five days. So I have never had that 10 day nationals. I can't even imagine how exhausting it would be. Oh, it was long. <laughs> it was I can't long. imagine. I can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> so for USOA, or I think this is what I could see from social media from last year. Do you basically get there, you have orientation, you check in, and then that next morning you're interviewing? Is that usually how it goes? So my very first year, they did it where interviews were the same day as orientation. Then the year that I went back as Mrs. Virginia, it was the net the following day. So we were there for a day. And it seems like last year, they went back to girls checking in in the morning, you have orientation, you meet everybody, and then you go into interviews later that afternoon. And then the following day normally is going to be prelims. And then they will end up going into, you know, finals. I know there's a lot of girls in every division. So last year was the first year that they split Miss and Teen and Ms. and Mrs. So they had two pageants, which made it a little bit more condensed. It made it where you were able to focus more on each division. And I think it gave the girls, it seemed like a little bit more downtime. But I think this year when we show up, from what I've seen, it's probably going to be the same format, show up orientation and then straight into interviews in the afternoon oh wow that's kind of nice you don't have to dwell (laughs) there's no dwelling at all so when you go in to an interview do you still ever or had you ever gotten nervous or does it usually at this point do you kind of just walk in you're like I know what I want to say know what to what I want to tell the judges and you feel great. I of course have those pre jitter butterflies. I was kind of comparing it to my husband this weekend as, you know, it's kind of like a racehorse. They hear the music going and they start getting amped up and they're ready to go. And then the gates open and you just end up knowing exactly what to do and how to do it. And that's kind of how I feel with interview. I get nervous and I'm excited And then the doors open, I sit down and it just flows. So I still get the jitter butterflies of excitement, but I normally don't get overly nervous. It's just more like, okay, let's go. I'm I'm so ready to get in there and share who I am with the judges. Well, I'm excited to see what you're going to wear because we talked about your Mrs. America interview outfit. And I think it was like our second or third episode. Mm -hmm. We talked about it and I'm excited to see what you're going to wear. Can you talk about your last interview outfit because I know you're probably not going to want to give this one away at least oh absolutely I the problem with this interview outfit that I have is that I love it there is just something about this interview outfit that I put it on and it makes like that girl 
And that is how you should feel when you put an interview outfit on. It's a very, I'd say kind of old Hollywood. I would compare it to like Audrey Hepburn. I actually bought it off of my friend who is Miss Kansas USA. And I want to say 2019 and she wore it and I was fell in love with it. And so then when she was selling it, I'm like, I have to get my hands on this. And then I've worn it. Now I wore it at USA my second year and I wore it at Mrs. America and I'm having a hard time beating this cute little bow at the top of the neck. It's a long sleeve blouse. And then it has a very tight cinched in waist and then a black and white skirt with a pattern on it. And it's just, I just love it. It's simple, but also striking and it's very unique and different. So I'm trying to find something that is unique and different, but I'm having, having trouble. So I'm trying to figure out if I should just design something, stay with the same. I'm I'm struggling right now because I love this interview outfit so much. It's very memorable and I cannot really picture you in anything else that would be (laughs) anything better. It's the standout. Same. Literally same. That's my problem right now. (laughs) No, but you will. If you find it, you'll know. You'll be like, okay, this is, this is it. It's, it's definitely helped spur some design ideas and kind of maybe realize like what I like in an interview outfit. So I'm trying to hopefully be able to design something similar ask, but also kind of bring in more maybe of like that boss style energy that I like to have as well. So we'll see what, what I come up with ultimately. I'm just as excited to figure it out as you guys are. So because you have been in pageantry for 13 years, do you have a certain designer or certain type of, you know, inspo that you typically go for? I have really fallen in love with Sherry Hill. That seems to be my go-to dresses that I normally wear on stage. I just love her intricate beadwork and how unique her dresses are. And it's taken me until honestly I hit to figure out my own style and be comfortable with, you know, what I want to wear on stage, not what I think judges want to see. When I competed in Miss and Teen, I was so concerned about fitting this mold that I would wear dresses that didn't have a lot of beadwork or looked like last year's winner and it wasn't me and I didn't feel confident. And so I now wear normally wear dresses that are solid beads because that's just who I am. I love sparkle. So that's normally what I gravitate towards. So I love Sherry Hill. I adore McDougal and Giovanni. I think they're fantastic. And then when it comes to swimsuit, I normally gravitate towards like Jamie Shaw and she's designed a couple of my swimsuits for, you know, Miss America when I competed there. And I've, that's actually one that I still keep wearing in the Mrs. Division now. So those are normally the, the designers that I gravitate towards. Now, you said something that caught my ear when you said that you try to find something that really is boss-like. And is that because of kind of who you are in your career? You just, that's kind of what you want to feel like? Or is that just a totally different alter ego that you pull from? No, so it definitely goes into my job. I am the regional manager for Maserati. So I oversee 13 dealers in five different states and I'm in a man's world. And so I always like to feel so confident walking into my dealerships that I have this just boss energy being a young female in a male dominated field is very difficult. So I always have to feel confident and that I'm my best every time I walk in a store And so now I've learned that that's how I like to go into interview. I used to be worried that people might think it's overpowering or not feminine enough with sometimes how my energy comes across, but I've just learned that I'm me and that's just part of my personality. And so 
I want to be able to have an outfit that fits my brand of who I am. So getting that boss babe energy, if I can get that in an outfit is ideal. Kristen and I both work in very male dominated industries. So we get that completely. So you have to go through that mentally when you go into work, but then I come home from work and I will vent to my husband or something. And you don't always have that luxury because you're a military wife. Mm -hmm. How is that with not just doing pageants, but then also having a career that sounds like can be mentally taxing if you allow it to be? It can be challenging, but I am, I'm so blessed with the man that I married. He is my biggest supporter and cheerleader and it's honestly made our marriage even stronger because we have to be so good at communication. This, the, the beginning of this year, he was actually deployed and it was a last minute deployment. And when he left, I, we didn't know if it would be a month, two months or six months. And so I just had to get in a rhythm and figure out, okay, here's how we're going to communicate. And we were, he was in uh, Abu Dhabi. So a huge time zone different. So I was living on that time zone so that I could talk to him. But, you know, it's simple little communication, such as sending a text, hey, when you get time, I need to talk to you, or I'll shoot him a text and vent, and then I'll talk to him at some point. But normally, we always have a rule, no matter where he is, unless there's something drastic where he physically can't tell me what he's doing, he will always call and talk to me, even if it's for five minutes. And that's something that I can always count on with him. And so it's made it you know, a lot easier to handle when, you know, right now he's actually, he left this morning to go to Las Vegas. He's got training out there for the next 10 days. And so I'm used to it at this point. It's one reason that I love pageantry so much is because it helps me focus on something else when he's gone. And that really got me through his deployment. It's gotten me through TDYs and uncomfortable moments that I've had in the military with him. And pageantry is kind of my escape in a sense and he's all for it he as you've probably seen wears a shirt with my face on it everywhere he goes Mm -hmm. so (laughs) he's a very supportive husband I did see a post that it might be time for a new shirt (laughs) he's getting one we talked about that on the way home like babe we gotta get you a new shirt he's like I have ideas so he was spitballing his ideas and I must say they are pretty fantastic so there'll be something new at nationals this year that's so funny Well, when he escorted you on stage, you know how all the husbands were backstage Mm -hmm. at some point, I don't know when my husband saw your husband, but he specifically was like, oh, mustache. And I was like, oh "Oh my gosh, like like, he noticed your husband's mustache and was quite envious of it. Like he thought that was the coolest thing ever. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, don't do the mustache. I was like, you're good. Cause he's got a more of a beard face. Mm -hmm. And so usually he's got like some sort of scruff sort of beard. And I'm like, don't do the mustache. I don't think you're going to rock it the same. No. And I I probably won't be telling him that because he like, like that is his thing. Everyone loves his mustache and I absolutely hate it. It is, it's my enemy number one in all honesty (laughs) it needs it needs to go and he'll shave it and I'll think oh it's gone and then it magically comes back and he's like oh I think I'm going to keep it longer this time so he's he's very proud of his mustache I will give him kudos he can grow a mean mustache I'll give him that but uh I've I've got to deal with it for no shave November and I'm not really looking forward to it (laughs) (laughs) oh well it 
it will it get to like a handlebar style for no shave november is that what you're talking about or oh, does it, it only get so long it goes in his mouth like it is <laughs> it, i'm like honey oh it's gross i'm like honey it looks like a squirrel butt you need to shave it <laughs> like i i can't handle this mustache and when i kiss you it like goes up my nose i'm like oh. get rid of the mustache i'm like it's not cute on you until he goes to Vegas and he'll send me a picture of him going out. And I'm like, actually, you keep that. No woman's going to come up to you at a bar now. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's so, so funny. So as most pageant contestants, you are very passionate about certain issues in your pl- personal platform. Can you share a little bit about that with, with our listeners? Yes. So my platform is Reach Out Remember, and it focuses on the 1.5 million people that are in hospice every year. And I started this organization due to my great-grandparents being under hospice. And when I was younger, I saw the impact and support that they had with my family. And and so I started volunteering with hospice. And I found that I love it and I enjoy being a support for someone. A lot of times these hospice patients don't have families that are there for them. And so, as you can imagine, they're sitting in rooms by themselves. A lot of them, it's almost their time to pass, and they don't have anybody. And so that's what's really made me so passionate about hospice and also trying to break that negative stigma that's tied to hospice of just being about death. And that's why I just try to champion that with every title that I have is, you know, shining a light, getting more people involved, you know, finding ways to, to get our youth involved as well and families and young professionals. So that's, that's a little in a nutshell what my platform is. Do you have anything exciting planned in the next few months that you want to share with us that we can be following? So I actually have a children's book published that I've utilized with hospice. Uh, I originally published it to work with just our youth. And then I found out with a lot of my stroke patients that I worked with, it helps them regain abilities to read because they have to start out at, you know, children's books level. Mm-hmm. So I have started using that. And so I've got something in the works that'll probably be coming out, I'd say in the next month or two that ties to that, that I'm very, very excited about that goes into helping to educate our, our youth when it comes to giving back in our community and also being involved with hospice. So there are some things on the horizon that I'm very, very excited for that is uh, going to be very awesome to share with everybody soon. Now, how did you go about publishing a book? That's huge. So it's, a, it's been a dream of mine since I was, I could remember probably third or fourth grade, I wanted to be an author. And so I started compiling these little stories And one day I was sitting when I was a teen in the Miss America Outstanding Teen Program, I wanted to do something unique and different for my literacy platform. And it came back to maybe I could publish a children's book and donate funds back to literacy organizations. And it would be super unique and different. And I ended up actually pulling these stories that I wrote in fourth grade. It's called Ivana's Adventures, and it's about a little curly white poodle named Ivana and how she goes through life and learns little life lessons within these stories that are teachable to our children. And so I ended up getting, I found a a publishing house. I ended up finding an illustrator and ended up getting this children's book published. And it's ended up working in so many unique ways that I never could have pictured. And it's something that I still use to this day. So we're bringing back Ivana for this new project that's going to be releasing in a couple months. That So she's making a comeback. You seem like you would have a, a white, a little cute, like white dog with curly hair. <laughs> oh, I, I do. Her name's Princess. <laughs> oh, 
Well, and you have another pet too that honestly, if if I just looked at your Instagram, I would never guess that you would have. Do you know what uh, I'm referring to? Oh, my little bird bonsai. Yes. Yes. I, I have a zoo at my house. We have three dogs, Princess Leia and Chewy. Of course, Bonsai the bird. And then we also have our, I call it our deployment fish. His name is Roman after my husband's uh, deployment group from the desert. And we didn't think Roman would last as long, but he's still swimming downstairs. And it's <laughs> been since February. So, What do you do with all these animals when you guys are gone? So we have a phenomenal dog sitter that comes in and she is a lifesaver and my dogs absolutely love her. And it took me a while to find somebody that I trust. So if I took that long to find somebody for my dogs, I can't imagine one day when we do have children, how bad it's going to be to find like a babysitter. It's very hard. I will tell you. I could, I could guess it's if this is how hard it is for a dog sitter. I can't even imagine. So we are here in October. We're gearing up, I feel like for the holidays and it feels like that you are a travel extraordinaire. Do you have any big trips coming up? Yes, we have quite a few. So I'm actually leaving next week. I'm going to Atlanta for work. So Atlanta, then Louisville, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, and then back home. So that's a, that's a normal work week for me. But if I'm talking about fun stuff, we have a wedding that we're going to be involved with with our best friends next month. And then we're going to go home for the holidays for Thanksgiving for my family, then Christmas with his family back in Minnesota. And then we're going on a cruise with our best friends to Mexico over New Year's. So it's a very exciting next couple of months. So fun. I love following all your traveling adventures. I feel like I I live out of a suitcase half the time. Well, yeah, I was just going to ask you, and how do you like, because I used to travel way more than I do now. I'm glad I don't because I feel like I was always getting sick. I feel like I could not keep up with an exercise routine just I mean being totally honest and I ate like crap (laughs) it was all bad how do you keep pageant ready I mean you're going to be going to a pageant soon yes so I'm giving myself this week to eat all the pizza drink the wine have the pasta like I'm giving I always give myself a week after a pageant to like decompress and enjoy all the things that I've not necessarily restricted but you know eating pizza all the time doesn't make me feel very good so I've kind of just taken that out when I'm preparing for a pageant, but when I'm traveling, I've learned to be able to manage the stresses of my job. I have to work out. And if I don't work out, I, I feel horrible. Like it makes me just feel icky inside. And so I've got to get to the gym at least once a day. I've got to physically be able to work out. And that actually helps me handle just stresses of everyday life. To the point now, if I start having meltdowns and I'm on the phone with my mom, she's like, Hannah, just go work out. Just go to the gym and work out and you'll be fine. Call me after. And she's always right. So that's normally what I do at night. I make at least an hour of time when I'm traveling because it's so important to still have your me time. So the gym is my me time. And then eating, honestly, that is the hardest thing when you're traveling is finding healthy food anywhere because you're always on the go. It's just fast food. And this past year, I started working with a nutritionist because honestly, I had a pretty unhealthy viewpoint of food and what I should be eating and putting into my body uh, to look pageant ready. I always thought, oh, it's grilled chicken and, you know, no carbs and a salad, no wine, no nothing. And I, it made me miserable because I wanted all the other good stuff, worked with a nutritionist to end up seeing 
you have to have a healthy body, you have to have variety, you have to have the carbs and the protein and, you know, having the snacks are okay. And having a glass of wine is okay. You know, go have that chocolate or pizza or popcorn, just, you know, making sure that you're eating the amount of calories in a day that's healthy for you is what you need to be cognizant of. Mm -hmm. And so that's made my relationship with food and preparing even healthier. And it's actually made me enjoy the overall pageant prep because I don't feel as constricted. I think that's really good advice because I really struggled with balance after I had my son, but then I went really far, like really far (laughs) to one side where I would not even, um, I got to the point I couldn't hardly even be social because Mm -hmm. my world had to revolve around what I was eating because I couldn't go 10 minutes after when I was supposed to eat because I would like pass out. I'd be so hungry. It's, and I think that's something that pageant girls struggle with because you almost get body dysmorphia because you're sitting there looking at yourself and it's never good enough. It's okay. Well, I didn't win this year, so it's gotta be swimsuit. Well, what was wrong with my body? And then you start nitpicking and then, well, how can I control that? Oh, it's gotta be food. It's food a hundred percent. So then you start taking everything out and it makes you absolutely miserable. And you're right. It takes that social aspect out of it. And, you know, we, we live in a fighter pilot community and a big part of that community is, you know, going out and having cocktails and having snacks and being around people. And a lot of it's, you know, eating and drinking. And if you take that out completely, it just makes those events just not really enjoyable. You could still go do them, but it's not as fun, especially when you want all that stuff that they're eating and drinking. So having a healthy relationship with food, I think was such a win this past year. And it's made me just even more excited to figure out how I can get even better and better my body and better the things that I'm eating just to be a stronger individual for swimsuit next year. Well, as somebody who is in recovery from an eating disorder, I will tell you my best pageant prep ever was the year that I didn't do any type of limitations on my nutrition at all. And I truly just prepared in a normal life way. And it was the best I've ever looked on stage. My face looked the healthiest it's ever looked. I didn't have that like gaunt face face look that oftentimes we get when we're so restrictive. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I literally was like glowing. And it was the happiest I'd ever been prepping. I just felt so good. And I just felt so happy the whole entire time. I it was my favorite pageant, my favorite memories, because I was just like, present and enjoying it. And I wasn't even thinking about like, oh, I have to make sure I pack X amount of protein powder and, you know, all these things and ship my food and order special things. Like I was able to just enjoy the week. It was so great. And that's how it should be a hundred percent. And there's, there's a big difference in, you know, being fit and healthy looking and you have a glow to you because you are being healthy. And then that gaunt, almost sickly looking appearance because you're essentially starving your body of the things that it needs. Right. And there's a big difference. So I a hundred percent agree with you on that. And it's all about that balance. Just Mm -hmm. knowing that you are, especially as we get older and we are, you know, now adult women, we're not teenagers. We're not in our 19, eight, you know, 18, 19 year old bodies anymore. There's a difference in like living life and being able to be functioning women that 
we don't need to look a certain way mm -hmm. that maybe a 19 year old did look, it's okay to look like a woman. And that's a good thing. It's, that's what a missus is. It's okay to look like an adult. <laughs> I a hundred percent agree. Cause that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what judges are looking for. Like they're yeah. looking for that woman that can represent all women. And you know, if she's not living a healthy lifestyle and she's restricting herself to the point that she's sick, that's, that's going to be interpreted during her year. And exactly. so that's a hundred percent, right? Like eat that piece of cake and drink that glass of wine. If you want it, like don't restrict yourself, like one glass of wine or one piece of cake or pizza it's not going to kill you. It's not going to put 10 pounds on your hips. Like enjoy life because no, you only have exactly, one. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it helps other people who may be considering competing to look at you if they see you out at a restaurant or out in public and you're eating a normal meal and you're not eating just that, you know, grilled chicken and broccoli. Oh, okay. Like you can be a normal human and still live your life and do pageants. Okay. I, I might want to do that. You know, just a little bit more inspirational. Don't get me wrong. I love a good chicken breast, but like my guilty pleasure is Olive Garden pasta and breadsticks. So mm. that's, that's where I will be is unlimited breadsticks. Yeah. I mean, it's great to eat chicken some, but I don't want to eat it every meal for the rest of my life. No, it's boring. It's mm -hmm. bland. Absolutely. <laughs> You're going to United States of America's misses next early next year. And this is going to be your third time now vying mm -hmm. for this title. And I just want to know, why do you feel, I mean, because obviously you feel strongly that you would do a very good job. And why is that? Why is it that this title is the one that's grabbing you? It's, you know, there's a reason I keep coming back. And I fell in love with the organization three years ago. And it's something that I champion with so many girls. Currently, I've, I've been able to put over 10 plus girls that I've known and have worked with or am friends with on that stage because I believe in this organization. And that's being, you know, someone that was a state title holder or local title holder and someone that wasn't even involved in the organization. And I look at that and I say, okay, well, what could I do as a national title holder? How could I grow this even more? And it's putting my actions, my words into action. And being able to know so much about this organization in two years, I can apply that this year going into my third year, hopefully final year, fingers crossed. <laughs> but being able to grow our sponsorship, growing from within with our teen division all the way up to our missus division, because that's how you keep growing the system, having girls come back, and then being able to show our sponsorships what they can grow with the organization. And then, of course, you know, talking about my platform and showing others that, you know, there's a space for them here. You don't have to be a double zero to fit into USOA. You don't have to be a stay-at-home mom or a corporate woman. You can just be who you are, and they're accepting of that. And being able to showcase that is something that's so important, and that's going to be a part of my year, is being able to show how diverse the system is. And I'm hoping that'll be able to be translated when I do go to nationals and compete, that the judges can't see the passion that I have for this organization, the love for it, and my overall great intentions for my plan for them. You make me want to go do it. <laughs> I know. It's very, it's very exciting. I'm like, wow, well, maybe I should. Oh, girls, <laughs> I will welcome you. Like, come on, it'll be a girl's trip. <laughs> maybe not for this year. It's a little too soon for me to be in pageant mode, but it might be on the radar. Next year, I better see you there then. I'll think about it. <laughs> I don't know if you heard our episode where Kristen and I have been discussing. We really want to do, we want her to do Mrs. Mothman. It's like a festival pageant. Oh my gosh, please. Mm -hmm. You get like Mothman's, like you get this Mothman bracelet and a Mothman crown. 
And the fun fashion is like Mothman style. I would pay so much money to go watch this. So this needs it's to It's in happen. West Virginia. And oh, I'm close. Yeah, it's it's very much in driving distance for you. But they don't have a director anymore. So they actually haven't had it in like two years. And I was so sad because after I gave up, I've been talking about it to Rebecca. I'm like, I'm going to be Mrs. Mothman. I've manifested <laughs> it. Like I'm doing it. I was so excited about it. And then they never brought it back so I don't know if it's going to come back or not but if it does it's pageant world all you have to do is find one person that can go direct and bring it back and then your dreams are just gonna you know be able to come to fruition we're really 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 putting it out there well and then she's like oh there's no Mrs. Mothman Rebecca when I say she and she's like but I found a Mrs. Roadkill pageant and I was like Rebecca it's not the same and I'm not doing that (laughs) it's not the same as Mrs. Mothman I mean I'll show up in like a moth costume to like rally around you to really like rally the troops I can at least get five people there to dress up as moths for you okay (laughs) five people there one one will be my husband so (laughs) it's a huge festival it's a big ordeal this Mothman festival I just feel like we have to rally, just put a petition out there to find a director for this. And then we'll be able to help her achieve her goal and lifelong dream of being Mrs. Mothman. If we can get that done, I think that this podcast will have been a success in itself. And then next is world peace after that. If we can do Mrs. Mothman, like anything. Exactly. Anything is possible. (laughs) No more war. No more war. Mrs. Mothman (laughs) saves us all. That's right. Oh my gosh. So funny. Well, thank you so much, Hannah. We will be sure to um, be following your journey. How can all of our listeners follow you on social media? So you can follow my title holder page, USOA Mrs. Virginia. That way you can keep up with all of my posts and everything going on as my title. And then my personal page is just Mrs. Hannah Letourneau. So if you want to see my husband's lovely mustache, you can go there. Uh, But either page works. Awesome. Well, thank you. We will link that in the show notes and we so appreciate having you on. So every week I ask a question that's sort of like a mm, practice interview question and you Mm -hmm. can answer if you would like to, you don't have to, but we would like it if you would. Okay. If you don't, I have to. to, So I want you to answer. (laughs) If you were able to change one law that's currently in place, what law would that be? My heart goes immediately to our gun laws and just having firmer actions put into place to truly look at mental health, having laws put in place that we can screen harder and have stronger laws for education, for gun violence. I think living in Texas for two years in Florida and seeing the heartbreak and losses that had happened with our youth that shouldn't have happened, I think could really be changed. We really took a look at our gun laws um, and were able to, you know, really take a, a stronger look at mental health in our country because there were so many red flags that were raised prior to any type of mass shooting. And mm-hmm. I really think that if we had harsher laws and stronger laws, we would be able to combat that and hopefully lose less lives. Thank you so much, Hannah. I appreciate you answering Chris's question. Normally, if the guest answers, I actually don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good, just random question because it keeps you on your feet. And uh, there's always some really weird interview questions that can be asked. So you always have to be prepared. We are currently booking our next guest. So follow us on Instagram at pageantbuzzpod and send us a DM if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast.